morning. Welcome to Robert's Nazarene Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Happy Resurrection Day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He lives. Amen. If you have joined us for sunrise service, we had a wonderful worship time this morning out on the lawn. And it was a time of praise and great fellowship. And let me just say, those of you that joined in to make those breakfast burritos this morning, God bless you. Amen. That was amazing. But I also want to report to you that I had the first attempt on my life this morning. Somebody gave me some hot sauce that about killed me. Let me tell you that, some hot stuff. So I was talking to Betsy about that. She was like, do I need to call 911? So maybe. The only reason why I did it is because I couldn't afford the phone call. Amen. All right. So but it was a blessing, and I had a wonderful, wonderful time. We talked about what it means to serve a risen Savior, and we talked about getting there early in the morning, and we talked about being there as the sun came up. It was a blessing and a wonderful time. I believe we had right at 50 people for sunrise service. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Not just that, but thank God he held the rain off until we got into Sunnyfield. Amen? So that was a beautiful time and a blessed time. If you missed out on that, then don't worry. You'll have it in 2022 besides with the rapture coming. Amen? All right. Church, I also want to thank you for our first ever Pentecost service on Friday night. That, too, was very well attended. And it was a wonderful, worshipful time. So God bless you in it. Thank you for it. I do have some announcements I want to share with you this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider being a part of some things. But would you still need a little help in our ladies and men's restrooms? As you know, during the, the freeze we had in February, we did have some water lines break. Those water lines have been since repaired, but because they broke, it caused some drywall damage. And so would you still need some help getting that drywall put back up? getting it taped, getting it coated, and getting it painted. So, uh, God bless you in that. If you would prayerfully consider being a part of that, we need the help of that. We also always need help in taking care of the lawn out front. So, if you're interested in volunteering that, say, how can I help? We need help with that always. Thankfully, over on the side here on the front, we have our dedicated garden care spot for the uh, victims of abortion. So, if you would prayerfully consider being a part of that, taking care of that, we would be grateful for that. All right, church. Uh, our fellowship hall awning was tagged up and sweet, so but please continue praying about that. If you're still interested in helping to be a part of that, you can get with our building and grounds team to find out what still needs to be done there. But God bless you and thank you for what's being done and has been done on that already. Uh, if you may not know, I want to tell you right now that our Vacation Bible School uh, first initial meeting is coming up on April 10th. That's Saturday the 10th, next Saturday at 10 a.m., want to be a part of that, if you want to uh, volunteer in that, we're looking for teachers, for aides, and we're looking for just all-around helpers. You need to be there at that meeting. That's next Saturday at 10, and come and be a part of that as well. Also, to back up one day to April 9th, Friday, uh, the ladies of the church are having a group cleaning for our kitchen, and so we're looking for six to nine volunteers to help out with that as well. If you're interested in that, please get with Pastor Brady about group cleaning the kitchen. All right. I uh, also want to remind you, our next men's prayer breakfast is coming up April 17th, so that's just a few Saturdays away at uh, 7 a.m. And if you're on the admin team on April 17th, that's when our next admin team, admin team meeting is. So, Robert Snazzy has been given a great honor. We've been asked to participate in the Gospel Jubilee. It's a group 
you just have to be able to walk by faith instead of through faith. Yeah, that's going to be good. A half hour slot that you're going to get at 2 p.m. And so that means you could come through prayer breakfast. You could go to the Adventist Union meeting and still have plenty of time to go to the amphitheater and ask for prayer. So come be a part of that as well. I'm looking for someone who wants to sing. I'm looking for somebody who wants to share a talent, play the harmonica. It does not matter. We're going to do it for the glory of Jesus. So we have a 30-minute slot there, and I'm going to be out there, and I'm asking you to help me out. You can't and be in prayer for me as I deliver a 30-minute sermon. And so that will either bring people to Jesus or drive people away. Amen? And so, but either way, uh, we're going to be there in that. So please be in prayer and prayerfully consider supporting us in that. Also, we have some upcoming items that we'll be bringing up to you soon for our May calendar as we get together with our our ministry team coming up on the 11th. So please be in prayer about our upcoming things at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. If you'll look at the insert on the side of your bulletin, you'll find that tomorrow is, of course, the day after Easter. And generally speaking, the day after Easter, lots of stuff happens, stuffed animals and other knickknacks go on sale. And so that's a great time to start shopping for our Operation Christmas Tops. So be prayerfully consider being a part of that. That's a wonderful time to pick up those stuffed animals at a very, very reduced price, very low price. You can get them and bring them to the DJ Legs our Operation Christmas Child event. Uh, also on the back of that, we have a wonderful and beautiful poem written by Pastor Anderson. He took time to read that. I'm sure we'll appreciate that one as well. All right, I think that's it for announcements. So if you're visiting with us this morning, I want to say welcome to you. If you're watching for the first time on our live stream, I want to say God bless you and welcome to you as well. So take the time to fill out the little gift card you'll find in front of you. Take it off as you're coming out so we can have a record of your visit. I would greatly appreciate that. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as we pray, we'll turn the service over to our worship team. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, Lord, and worship you on Resurrection Day. There is nothing like having a Savior who lives, Lord. Thank you for that. And I'm just praying, Lord, you'll send your spirit to each and every one of our hearts today. We may or may not worship you in secrecy. May your name be glorified. Please take the card and give you the penny parting words to now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, John, good morning. Well, good morning. We're glad you decided to attend the service this morning. Let's all stand and we sing praises to our risen Savior. We're going to sing at Calvary.
great to serve a risen Savior? All other religions in the world serve a dead God. But our God's alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a different name. What a difference it makes to have hope. Amen. What a difference it makes to have more than hope, to have a relationship because He lives. Oh, my goodness. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to please to the book of Acts, chapter 16. <laughs> you know, I love Robert Slavery. You are the greatest church God has ever given me the privilege to pastor. And I know you love me because you moved things to see. Give you a true story quickly, not to make things jovial or anything of that nature, but that actually what happened had two large chairs on the side, and you use a wheelchair in for the pastor. And so one day, I've been there about two months, one day somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, why don't you scoot all the way back to that chair? This thing's dead. And I said, I will not do that. And the man said, why not? Well, I scooted all the way back, and you should have seen my feet go all the way down. <laughs> and he said, no, scoot back, Pastor, just scoot down the floor. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so somebody once asked me, why did God make you so small, Brother Josh? And I'll be honest with you, if he made me any taller, could you imagine how big my voice would be? Our God knows what he's doing, and he doesn't make mistakes. He's made you the way you are, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want you to know that not only did he die for you because he loves you, he lives for you because he loves you. The title of this morning's message is, A Message to Mars. Isn't that funny? Message to Mars on Resurrection Day. So just to give you a little uh, description of what we're talking about there, we're going to go into the message on Mars Hill this morning. Out of all the proponents, all the defenders of the resurrection, there was none no more foolish than the Apostle Paul. And he would bring the message of the resurrection everywhere he went. I think that message is given most clearly on Mars Hill today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and he'll get started. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to be gathered together in your house. Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that the word would have its way in the heart and lives today. Open us up, Father God, to hear from you. But if there's anybody this morning that needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior, or anybody, Father, needs to give their heart to you, to get their walk right with you, to become a member of Life Academy, would you let today be the day? So, as you know, Resurrection Day is all about our Savior. Conquering death. All about the stone being rolled away. All about Him walking up victoriously out of the tomb, out of the grave. No longer does the death and grave and hell have a hold on Him. Instead, He became Lord of it all because He conquered, because He trusted, because He believed. And so we have a picture here this morning of Before we get deep into our message, I want to tell you that there is no other religion in the world. There is no other part of religion that talks about a risen Savior other than in Christianity. Everywhere you go, 
the founders, the teachers, and the main individuals of their religion in their faith are dead and in a hole in Africa, y'all. They are rotting and their tombs are with us today. But if you go to the tomb of Jesus, it's empty. Why is it empty? Because he lives. He lives. Look with me, please, in Acts chapter 17 as we look at the Apostle Paul's circumstances on Mars Hill. We're going to start in verse 16. We're going to read a little bit of scripture. The Bible says in verse 16, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy given to idolatry. Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. Some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seemeth to be a setter for strange gods, because he preacheth them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him, and they brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the strangers which were there spent their time in marking it out, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. We had a holiday translation and say, You are too religious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotion, I found an altar with this inscription to the unseen whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of the foundation, that they should seek the Lord in company they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God do so, and now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection from the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. But Paul departed from among them. How be it? Certain men clave unto him and believed, among which was Dionysius, Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others were converted. Here, look, we have a picture of Mars Hill. Look at that. It's still there. That's the Areopagus. That's what it looks like. Isn't it beautiful? It really is. That's in Athens. You could go and visit that today. Which they wonders and marvels. You could go to DFW Airport. You could get on an international flight. You could be in Greece. And you could be, by the end of the day, standing on that hill. Isn't that amazing? 
And if your mind changed, you might be able to get there before the time passed. I don't know about you, but I'm about tired of the time changing here in the United States. Amen? Some of us still haven't recovered from that spring ahead yet. All right, so moving on to the aerial pages. We encountered two groups of people before we begin to read this evening. Remember back when the Apostle Paul is actually waiting on some of his friends to come to meet him? And while waiting, he begins to roam the streets of Athens. And as he roams those streets, he, come across, he comes across an altar to an unknown god. It actually has an inscription on it. Begin to look around. In fact, it's been said that in Athens, Greece at this time, it was easier to find a deity or a god or a pagan deity than it was to find a man you were looking for. They had gods for everything in the world. They had gods for everything around them. We had the Epicureans, we had the Stoics that were there, and they all had their own views on what God was, who God was, and what God should be doing. And so, with that in mind, This was a philosophy, and it was a system of atheism, and it brought men to seek at their highest aim a present and approved life. They had been called the Sadducees of Greek paganism, and their main philosophy was it's like church. So eat, drink, and be merry. You ever heard that before? That comes right out of Epicurean. Eat, drink, be merry, because nothing else matters. You just need to be happy, and be happy while you're here alive, because you don't get to live very long. And when you die, you might as well die happy. Sounds like modern-day American dream to me. Let's take a look at the Stoics. Stoics now have always believed that the goal of all inquiry is to provide a mode of conduct characterized by tranquility of mind and certainty of moral worth. They believed literally that God was in everything and that everything was God. Now, there are a lot of emphasis on Stoicism. Stoics have the thought of come but may. You ever had, read a book that had, had a Stoic inscription on its face? What did that mean? That means it was one of these. No matter if it was funny, he didn't laugh at his side. No matter if it was sad, he didn't cry. It didn't matter if it was joyous. He didn't crack a smile. Nothing. It was constantly stoic. Whatever happens, come what may. Just a good measure. I see a picture in this morning of the altar at the church on Mount Zion. That's probably not the altar that Paul found, but those were common around the city at that time. And that's probably what he got to see. He walked around and came across that particular altar. It had the inscription on it. To the unknown God. There is no greater opponent, no greater defender of the resurrection Paul and Mars Hill, who debated this philosophy, said, there's no such thing as a resurrection, God. This is Resurrection Sunday because the Apostle Paul was completely sold on the belief in Jesus at this time. The Apostle Paul not only was sold in it, he held on to it. Not only did he hold on to it, church, he put his life into it. It was his stock and trade. It was everything to him. Because to him, if Jesus had not been resurrected, then whatever he was doing was useless. He was the greatest defender of the resurrection. 
the module is bending. Look at that. And he's going to do that to build a powerful barrier after nothing against the Jews and their enemies. He revealed to them the Savior. He offered to them a relationship to this God, a God they did not know. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you may not know him. You might think you know him, but you may not know him this morning. You've been around like the Stoics and the Epicureans. you got to offer to an unknown God saying, I think I've got everything covered. I really don't know him. I'm just covering my bases. I want you to know that you, like the Apostle Paul, have to come to know him. And you're not going to be able to know him until you grab a hold of the belief of the truth that he has conquered death and walked out of that grave because that's what Christianity is all about. Amen. Apostle Paul tells us in verse 23, I passed by and beheld your devotion. I found an altar with its inscription. Could you imagine how that made that Jewish man feel to walk through that completely pagan city? There was altars and idols everywhere he went. There was demons and there was ghosts and there was vampires and there was immorality on every corner. But what caught his eye? What brought him back to a sense of reality, if you will? What brought him back to his mission was this altar to an unknown God. And I'm here to tell you, Robert Family Baptist Church, if we don't get this spark inside of us, if we don't get the idea that we need to share the gospel with everybody we meet, then Christianity isn't going to be around another 50 years. We're literally going to die out. We have to start sharing the gospel with everybody. Paul walked through the city, and it wasn't the demonology. It wasn't the pagan worship. It wasn't that they had idols everywhere. It was that they were crying out to know a God that they didn't even know His name. And right here in Copper's Cove, we have people crying out to a God, and they don't know His name as they lay in their idolatry of drug use, and their idolatry of pornography, and their idolatry of abuse, their idolatry of any other use in the world. They're crying out, God save me, God deliver me. You know what that is? That's an altar to an unknown held their devotion. Look at that verse 23. How many of you walked by as they worship? He could hear them singing out the window. Wouldn't it be great if Copper's Cove could hear us singing through the windows? Amen. Wouldn't it be great if Copper's Cove would understand the worship of the one true God and His only begotten Son, Jesus? Goes on here, Robinson Avenue. As he passed by, he beheld their devotion. The drug use, that sexuality could not fill what was missing in their heart. They were still crying out, there's got to be something greater. Stoics couldn't fill it. Epicureans couldn't fill it. Because there was something missing. You might be sitting there this morning saying, there's something missing in my heart, preacher. There's something missing in my life. I don't know what it is, but I've been crying out to I've been saying, God, give it to me. Really, what you're doing is building an altar that says, to the unknown God. 
Paul says, you built this altar, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. I'm going to declare him unto you. And oh, I love the message to hear because it would not be popular in a modern day church. Today's church says, you got an alcohol problem, just give your heart to Jesus. It never says repent, does it? Today's church says, you got a marital problem, just trust in Jesus. It never says you have to quit looking at pornography. It never does. It doesn't say you have to quit using drugs. The modern church says, I would rather have church members than I would rather have saved, blood-bought, redeemed people. I don't know about you, but I want blood-bought people around me. I want people who know Jesus Christ by name, and He knows them, and they know His voice. Because if I surround my people like that, then I'm going to continue on living in Jesus. Oh, the Apostle Paul was brought back to reality as he looked at it. Imagine how he was brought back seeing the pagan worship. He was disgusted at the things he saw. And when he came across that altar, it stuck him down. And he said, they are crying for the Jesus coming up. They're crying out for the answer they think it's an Epicureanism. They think it's in Stoicism. They think it's in philosophy. They think it's in being a good person. They're worshiping God who is God. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in the standard book. He says, God made the world and all things therein. We're in verse 26. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, develops not in temples made with hands. Are you ready for point number one this morning? We've got to have three points. It's a Baptist church, amen? we got to have three of them. So, not just one, not just two, and certainly not four. We've got to have at least three. Now. Number one, the Apostle Paul brings to them a worldview they had never seen before. He brings to them a worldview that seemed alien and strange to them. Apostle Paul's not just teaching Sunday school. He's bringing to them facts that they had a hard time with. And some of us are having a hard time with it here. Listen to what Paul says there. He says that he made the world and all things therein. That sounds simple, doesn't it? But that's not a simple statement. What Paul is saying is that Jesus Christ, God the Father, created the heavens and the earth. In other words, what he's saying is in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be dry land, and there was light to a bunch of people who did not believe him. He's declaring that God, our God, the God of Israel, made this world. Point number one, Creator God. Apostle Paul reveals to us Creator God. Incidentally, we have a revealing God. Amen? He reveals to us truth. He reveals to us prophecy. He reveals to us step by step. And you might be sitting out there this morning saying, I'm waiting for my next revelation. God's waiting on for you to get back in the walk with Him. That's the problem. You want to disappoint God? You want to leave God out of everything you do? You want to stay out of His house? You want to stay out of His people? You want to stay out of His worship? And then turn around and say, God, how come you're not talking to me? When really God should be saying, how come you're not talking to me? Here's the Apostle Paul on Areopagus, on Mars Hill. This is a message from Mars to us on Resurrection Day. Do not forget who created this world. It was God the Father. He made us. He fashioned us. He formed us. He's the creator God. Do we know that God this morning? Or are you sitting there believing that we came from angels? Amen or oh me? 
believe in evolution or do you believe in creationism? I'm here to tell you that my God does not look like an ape. My God made me to look like Him. God that made the world, the Bible says, and all things therein. He didn't make it to comply with what we think science should be like. He wanted us to start learning science so that we can understand what He is like. God that made the world and all things therein. The Apostle Paul reveals Him, the Creator God. And that's how we usually start when we get with young children, don't we? We, we can start out with God made the heavens. God made the earth. God made everything that lives in it. We go day by day until day six where God made mankind. The Apostle Paul reveals to just one little section. This is the God who created all things. And has created everything that's in it. Let's move on to verse 24. God who made the world and all things therein, seeing that he's Lord of heaven and earth. That's the hard part, isn't it? That's where everyone gets mad. Even Christians get mad sometimes. Seeing that he is... <laughs> that's a hard word to say, isn't it? See, that means we are responsible to him. That means that we will have to give an account of ourselves to him one day. Seeing that he is Lord. Isn't it a beautiful thing to know that it's day, the year 2021, this world is not just going uh, full speed ahead with nobody driving it? Isn't it wonderful to know that we have a reason to keep going, that we have a reason that we're here, we have a purpose that we're here, and we have a Savior who loves us. Why? Because He's Lord of heaven and earth. We often forget that. The Bible tells us, He's Lord. Let's look at our second point. He's Creator God. And the Apostle Paul revealed Him as Creator God. He revealed Him to them on Mars Hill. This is what I want to reveal to you. He is the God who created all things. And if He created all things, He can remake you into what you need to be. Look at point number two. He's Lord of heaven and earth. He's not just Lord at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. He's not just Lord in any other Christian church. He's not just Lord in the Bible. He's Lord everywhere you go. Lord of heaven and earth. You know, Jonah found that out the hard way. When he decided he could jump over the boat into the water, he said, God is afraid. He thought God was a cat, didn't he? He said, God ain't coming into the water. He swam down and down and down, and they thought the water was going to drown him. And God prepared a great fish, and that fish came and swallowed him up. And inside the belly of the fish, Jonah cries out to the Creator God, who is Lord of heaven and earth. He says, I know now that there's nowhere I can go. I can't make my bed up on dry land. I can't make it down in the bowels of hell and not get away from you. You are Lord of heaven and earth. We'll get to that our second point this morning. We need to understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. And it was sealed on resurrection day. Let's move on quickly as I'm running out of time. Look with me in verse 30. And the signs of this ignorance God did, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Sounds like history has repeated itself. You know that history always repeats itself? You know why it repeats itself? Because we try to erase it. Somebody say amen. 
not only did he erase it, he said that didn't really happen. Or I don't like the way that it was. And you know what? It's a beautiful thing if you don't like the way it was. If you don't like the way it was, we should learn from it not to do it again. Go back to your dad. How do you learn not to get hit on the back of your head by your dad when he says, clean up your room? You learn, don't you? Why? Because he'll smack you on the back of the head. And you learn how to avoid that by cleaning up your room. Bible tells us God used to wink at us. That means God winked at people saying, God didn't create this world. He winked at people saying, Jesus Christ is not Lord or I can get to him any other way. He winked at it. But the Bible says now, his commandment is the word that he Commands everyone everywhere to repent. Boy, that's not a popular message, is it? We don't preach repentance anymore. He says repentance is not necessary. He says repentance is old fashioned. He says repentance drives people away. You're right, it does. It drives away the person who says, I love my sin more than my Savior. And if you love the sin more than the Savior, you've got a problem that is going to be called Jesus is not Lord anymore. Bible tells us that he commands everyone everywhere to repent. Think about that for a minute. If you were to hear that message from God right now, what would you do? What would you do? Would you argue with God and say, I will repent, but I'll do it later on. I'll repent tomorrow. I'll repent. Uh, hey, I'll repent in a couple of days. I've been struggling now. You know what repentance brings you? When you go to a hotel room or to a hotel and you get the best room, it's called the penthouse. Because it's the highest state. And when you repent, you return back to the highest place. And what's the highest place mankind has ever known? Relationship with Jesus Christ. He commands everyone everywhere to repent, to turn and go the other direction, to come back to a relationship with God. How do you do that? Number one, you've got to realize that God created this world. Number two, you've got to realize that He's Lord of heaven and earth. And number three, He's calling everyone everywhere to repent. Let's read quickly now. Into verse 31. Because, this is why He calls us to repent, He has appointed a day into which He will judge the world Wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Let's stand and let's pray. Resurrection day is coming. Why is he calling us to repent? Because he hath appointed a day. We don't know when that day is. All we know is that it has been appointed. All we know is that it is going to happen. All we know is that it's surely at. We're going to get out today, sometime today from church. You know there's going to be a day. Your heart tells you, your mind tells you, your Bible tells you there is a judgment day. And on that judgment day, we will all give an account for that day. I already know what I'm going to say when I get there. I already know because the Bible tells me what I'm going to say. I'm going to be on my knees in front of God Almighty, and I'm going to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And because of that, I will have eternal life. Where are you going to be? Are you going to say, 
I don't believe you created the heavens and the earth. Are you going to say, he's not my Lord? Are you going to say, I trusted in Stoicism? I trusted in Epicureanism? Are you going to say, well, I had an altar to an unknown God just to cover my bases, Lord? says he appointed a day into which he would judge the world in righteousness. Let that word righteousness. Please note it does not say in happiness. It does not matter how happy your sin is. It does not matter how happy you are and how much you love your sin. It does not matter. He will judge the world in righteousness. And if you look at your righteousness versus God's standard of righteousness, you're in trouble. We're all in trouble unless we have the righteousness of Jesus how do we know this? Because Paul goes on with it. He says, he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained. Who is that? Who is that, you might say? The Apostle Paul begins to preach to him on Mars Hill. He begins to use the old-fashioned way that the church has put aside. They said, we can't preach the law anymore. We can't preach God's righteousness anymore. We need to preach some sort of self-loving God forgiving, always accepting exactly who you are. You never have to change. Grace, don't we call that in the church today? We call it greasy grace. It's sloppy agape. And that's not what's in the Bible. What's in the Bible is that we are commanded to repent and we are supposed to come back to Jesus Christ in righteousness, trusting Him to make us righteous by the blood He shed on Calvary Street and justified by His resurrection three days later. Can we get an amen this morning? Because he's appointed a day into which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And he gave us the assurance that Paul was assured. I love that. Not only was he assured, he was 100% certain. God raised him from the dead. Taking us to our fourth point. Now, I said we have to have three as a Baptist church. We're not Baptists this morning. Because he raised Jesus from the dead. That's the one he ordained. He raised him from the dead. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Can you hear Paul's shrill voice as he preaches out on the aerial pages, as he preaches out on Mars Hill, and he says, God is calling you to repentance. He created this world. And if you will just start reaching out, you will find Him all around you. He's not far from any one of us. He's appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness. And this is how you escape that judgment, by accepting the righteousness of Jesus Christ, our substitute, our sacrifice, our living, risen Savior. And when they heard of the resurrection, look at here in verse 32. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked him, and others said, We will hear thee again in another. Isn't that the way it goes every Sunday morning? Some sit there and say, Oh, you ain't talking to me, Pastor. Some say, Well, I'll come back another Sunday and listen to you. You know what that means in real life? That means in real life, I'll just sit back and I'll keep looking at you. My wife calls that dad talk 101. I'll do it later. What does that really mean, guys? You ain't going to hear from me. That's exactly what they're saying right here. We'll hear you about this later. Now what? And we're saying that every Sunday morning at church. Boy, if you just sat down and been to church in a year, 
I'm going to be back next year because I believe really weak. Your question. Don't you get mad at me when you say, Do you really think you have enough faith to go to God's house someday when you don't have enough faith to bring me to God's house on Sunday? And when it comes to resurrection, they'll mock you like you didn't do your duty to do it. You don't know all the results, but you do know that something happened when you did. Look at me in verse 33. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. We don't know how many there were. We always take a good church service is when hundreds of people come down the aisle. I take a good church service is when God's word gets known. I take a great church service is when we take God's word and we put it to work in our lives. I learned a long time ago that it's my job to deliver God's word and I leave the results up to God. Certain men clave unto him and believe in him. Among which was Dionysus, the Areopagite. That's one of those guys that stood there on the hill and did nothing but listen and talk about something new all day long. Guys, you think women like the gospel? Look at this guy right here. That's all he did was sit there on Mars Hill and talk about something new. I wonder how long he had to talk about it till he became old. The Bible says a woman named Damas covered him. Three or four or five. Some mocked him. Some mocked him. I wouldn't even be mad. I'm older than some people. What is that guy going on about? I want to show you something from history. We talked about going to church this morning. I have a picture here of the Sabbath Baptist Church. How many of you are familiar? Don't raise your hand. How many are familiar with Napoleon Hill? And the battle, the famous battle that we had at Waterloo. That little short guy ended up losing. See a picture of the battle at Waterloo. Hopefully you can see it down there. I don't remember who painted it. Famous battle. The reason why it's famous is because Napoleon lost there. He had been winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And they held him as a military general. And the world prayed against him. They attacked him. They tried to bring him down. Killed Waterloo. Napoleon had risen in a world where, let me be honest with you, I'm going to paint the picture for you fast because I've got to go. They had started a system of democracy until people realized they could vote for themselves and as money in the public funds. And of course, the democracy ended when bankruptcy occurred. Who was that? He was just saying, you know, economic says, he'll save us, he'll fix the debt. And pork to the sea justice. Of course, Napoleon himself was the justice. That was what he did to the guy in Fayetteville. And they voted for him. And next thing you know, he was the emperor of Russia. And then, this guy had a conference in Europe. And Europe began to reacquaint itself with Napoleon. Europe put together a coalition to combat him together one large army to emerge against Russia and Russia and Russia. And all the hope of Europe was in Vladivostok. And there he met, just outside of Waterloo, Napoleon. 
all that and trying to weather the communication that comes from simple, direct predictions. And not to get off the subject, but those of us who have been married over 20 years, that's how we want our wives to talk to us. Amen? Simple, direct, and to the point. Let me give you an example of that. Ladies are looking at me now. Let me give you an example of that. Simple. I've been married to Becky for 23 years, almost 23 years. Becky will come in and say, whose are those? And you know, they're not. It's like, well, really what she wants is for me to pick them up. I figured they're on here, but she can go pick those up. Simple, direct, and to the point. I want to cut through simple, direct, and to the point like Paul did on Mars Hill. What did Mars, what, what did Paul say that morning? What is Mars saying to us? It's saying that God created this world. It's saying that Jesus Christ is the Savior. It's saying that you need to repent and you need to trust Jesus Christ. It's saying that you need to become a Christian this morning. And you might find a little quiet here in St. Louis Methodist Church. Jesus is the Savior of the world. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Can I talk to you this morning? Just shut your lips for a moment. Would you be willing to come to Jesus in your heart this morning? Say, Pastor, I've been looking for a church family to be a part of. There is none better than Robert Snyder, you know. You might be saying, I am a Christian and I am a church member, but I've never been brought to Christ. And I've convicted this morning about the day that you've been appointed. Would you be willing to come and repent? You don't need to talk to me. You need to talk to Jesus Christ. Would you come down and give your heart to Jesus this morning? We're going to have a word of prayer. Jesus spoke with you. Would you come this morning? Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. And I pray, Father God, you just call them right now. That if there be anybody here that needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, or anybody, Father God, that needs to become a member of Robert Snyder, or anybody, Father God, that needs to repent and get their walk and their relationship with you right, would you let this morning be the morning? Would you be the praise, honor, and glory even now in Jesus' name? Would you come as we sing? I need you every hour. Come on. Would you let now be the time? Would you let today be the day? Come on.
church don't forget church that it is resurrection sunday don't forget that we have church meetings uh, come and be a part of that and we pray for you tonight come and be a part of it. you can watch tickets i'm wore out amen so i had a blessed time this morning some of y'all said it this morning uh, i think i had more fun than you do in preaching behind pulpit I, I love my job y'all it's make no mistakes about it. I know what God has called me to do, and I love every minute of it, and I treasure every time I get to preach. God bless you for allowing me to preach here at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, you want to come be a part of that Bible study. Uh, it's going to be a neat, neat, neat time. Wednesday night, if you really want to get involved in that, uh, let me tell you, I'm excited about Wednesday night. I want to be there. I kind of want some of the preaching to me. <laughs> I wrote it last week, and I got excited. I'm going to be a part of that as well. Uh, with that being said, be in prayer about our upcoming event, uh, Lakewood Survival School Union on the 10th. Uh, be in prayer about our upcoming spring uh, garage sale. Be in prayer about July, excuse me, uh, April 17th, our Gospel Jubilee. Be in prayer about uh, in May, we're having a fifth Sunday singing here. And so at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church, come and be a part of those things. Be in prayer about those things. Can't wait to see what else God is going to do at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget that you serve the risen Savior. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Let's close in a word of prayer, and we'll uh, gladly again come and preach to you. Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you for our teaching this afternoon. I pray, Lord, you put your hands upon us to keep us safe as we go about our business. May we, Lord, leave here saying that you did bring life. And Lord, may we bring us safely back again today. Bless those, Lord, who are out traveling. Those, Father God, who are out sick. And be with those, Lord, who can't receive today saying, I'm afraid to come. And I pray, Lord, that you open their hearts today. Open their minds and fill you. Give them no peace, Lord, until they come and get with faith today. I want to thank you and praise you and bless you in the name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you all, and I hope to see you tonight.